It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 7th. 2021. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I am the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll be replaying Thursday's locker room conversation. We got into a lot of topics there, including what stats are meaningful at this point of the season, how we should be viewing uh, players and their progress, plus a lot of draft talk as well. So really good conversation, a really good locker room on Thursday. Don't forget, uh, we'll be doing those uh, every week still uh, for a little while. Uh, my plan for the next one is to do it Thursday night. We'll start around 7-ish, probably go for the entire first half of the game. That one will not be up on the podcast, so we'll have a little hangout for Magic Hawks next Thursday. That's that's my current plan, so mark your calendars for that, too. We'll, 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 we'll enjoy our last few Magic games together here. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's podcasts here covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Charlotte Hornets before tonight's game against the Hornets? Check out our good pals at Locked On Hornets. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I want to officially welcome everyone to our locker room conversation into this episode of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network too. On today's episode, on today's locker room and today's episode of Locked On Magic. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper and talk a little bit more about um, empty stats um, and what we're seeing in these games and, and what the Magic's goals are, and what, what we really should be drawing out of these final six games that the Magic have. Um, I've also been getting a lot of questions about the draft lottery process um, and what happens at the end of the season. Uh, I will do a more detailed explainer of the, the draft lottery process, but there is a potentiality that I am very much cheering for just for chaos sake. Um, but it, 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 it's something that's, that's of interest that I think will interest people that I do think is a scenario that will really realistically play out. So I do want to explain it and, and highlight it a little bit as we begin to think a little bit more about the draft lottery. And of course, here on the locker room, if you're listening live, you can, of course, interact with the show with a comment in this comment section below or by making a speaker request and joining the show live on air. But first, let me start off with some opening thoughts um, coming off of the Magic's 132-96 to loss against the Boston Celtics. Um, I, I, get dra- I drag myself into Twitter conversations a lot. Um, you know, I, one of the things I love and one of the reasons why I love doing these locker rooms is I get to interact with you guys. Um, you know, I get to crowdsource, get to hear and see what you guys are thinking. Because at the end of the day, I'm here to kind of serve you. There are things that I'm interested in and things that I want to point out. But ultimately, you know, I, 
I'm writing to serve an audience. And so I want to hear what the audience is saying, what the audience is thinking, what the audience is talking about. Um, Stat Muse, which does some great job, you know, posting stats and, and, and uh, providing some statistical information, um, you know, flashed a, a photo of Mo Bamba, or the, their, their cartoon photo of Mo Bamba, with his stat line from last night, a, a fairly impressive stat line, you know, a, a, as it was. Um, I think it was, what, 16 points, 15 rebounds, four blocks, three steals. Um, on paper, that looks like a really impressive stat line. And indeed, as Stat News pointed out, it is the best stat line that a center has had for the Orlando Magic, um, you know, filling up all those categories since Dwight Howard in 2011. Um, and again, that was Dwight Howard's best year in the NBA. His best season was the 2011 season, his, his MVP season. He should have won the MVP that year. Um, so again, uh, so again, um, the, the magic, I think, uh, so, so, I, so again, I think Bamba, you know, yes, he put up some really, really good numbers. Um, and I think, and I think that, uh, and I think that, you know, that that's, and that's not nothing. Uh, you know, again, I, I think, I think I came across poo-pooing it a little bit too much. Um, it is good that Bamba can put those numbers up. It is very good that Bamba can put those numbers up. It is a sign that, that he can get it eventually. But it's also important to remember the context that those numbers came in. Um, I looked it up. Uh, the majority of his points, um, all but five of his points, I think, or, or something like that. He was over three in the first half. Um, the majority of his points came in the second half when the game was completely decided, um, you know, and, and I would say that he did not have a good game. And I think Mo would be the first to tell you that he did not have a good game. He had, he had you know, obviously that big fourth quarter against the Chicago Bulls when he scored 10 points and everyone was really excited. It was like, oh, Mo is, Mo is playing really well. But, but, you know, everyone kind of also understood the Magic were down by 30 at that point, that those, those stats don't really have a whole lot of heft. Um, again, Milwaukee Bucks, he had a career high against the Milwaukee Bucks at home, but that was, again, another... 20 plus point blowout that the magic really had no chance of winning. So how much value do you put in those numbers? And Mo said after the game, you know, I don't care that I scored a career high. I got to be better defensively. So again, I say all this knowing full well that Mo understands he has to be better in several areas, especially defensively. And that's where I thought he was really lacking uh, in Wednesday's loss to the Boston Celtics. Again, it's good that he can put these numbers up. I think, uh, you know, a Twitter follower, a magic Twitter follower that I like, um, I like this team, um, noted that, look, Mario Azonia never did any of this. You know, when Mario Azonia was put into these games late, he never dropped 25 on someone. He never dropped, you know, he never got the double-double. He never had these kind of breakout performances when he was with the magic. And so the fact that Mo can do this is a good thing. Um, as some people noted, well, what do you make of his fourth quarter against the Detroit Pistons? That was, he scored 16 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter on Mon- and Monday's win. Uh, it was instrumental in the Magic, both building a 14-point lead and holding off the Pistons to secure the win. Surely those numbers have some meaning. Um, surely those are meaningful stats. Uh, and, and there's something to that. And I'm like, yes, I, I think those have a little bit more meaning, but you also have to remember the context too that the Pistons didn't sub in the fourth quarter, that the Magic didn't sub in the fourth quarter, that, you know, how, how meaningful are those numbers? They're, they're, as, as David Steele might say, it's something, but is it anything? And, and again, I think there's a real interesting debate to be had. You know, people were digging out my tweets about Nikola Vucevic. I am seen as a huge Nikola Vucevic supporter, and I am. Um, but digging out tweets where I said, you know, Nikola Vucevic largely had meaningless stats or had, you know, some 
some you know some stats that that didn't have much meat, didn't have much kind of weight behind them because of when they were accrued or how they were accrued within the context of the team. And you know, I you know, I said I said to people that were bringing those up, it's like, well, yeah, at, at that time in those early years with the Magic, Vooch had a lot of empty stats. He was he was the only guy that could score or rebound on a team that didn't have very much around it, um, and he wasn't contributing to winning. And and I you know as much as of a Vucevic supporter as I was, I was the first person to say after the Magic acquired Serge Ibaka. This means you got to trade Vucevic. It's time to trade Vucevic. It's time to move on. You found your guy that you could replace him with. Um, and, and I never saw Vucevic becoming the player that he eventually became. So at the end of the day, what do we make? You know, so, so Bamba, you know, again, and, and I think it's really the interesting discussion going on in the chat right now. How did Mo Bamba become the new Evan Fournier, a.k.a. the most controversial player? Um, at Raph Henry responds, somebody has to be it, even though it's unfair. I don't think Mo Bamba is the new Evan Fournier. Um, Michael Carter-Williams and Dwayne Bacon have taken that role. Um, what we're seeing with Bamba is a continuation of what we saw with the Ken Birch debate. Um, Magic fans, and, and rightly or wrongly, Magic fans still see sixth overall pick Mo Bamba. Um, they believe that he can. he is still the sixth overall pick, that he is a transformative center. And who knows? Maybe he is. He hasn't had a full offseason to get ready. I'm not ready to give up on the kid. Um, I, I want to make that perfectly clear. I am not ready to give up on the kid. But the issue is that Mo Bamba right now, it, it's it's questionable whether he helps your team win. Um, you know, I honestly like I think what we've seen from Mo is both his great potential, but also why Ken Birch played ahead of him. Ken Birch is much more consistent defensively. He's in the right spots defensively. And I agree with everyone that at the time, earlier this season, the Magic needed more offense. And Mo Bamba was going to give you more offense than, than Ken Birch could. And that was more important than whatever you might lose defensively because it's not like the defense was killing it anyway. Um, and, and so I, 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 agree with, I agree with that, that, that Mo was not getting maybe a fair shake or a fair look um, uh, earlier in the year. But I think it's abundantly clear from just watching the tape and watching how He's, you know, still struggling to get some basic defensive concepts or to be consistent defensively. Um, again, like I'm a big believer of, you know, if you're going to make mistakes, be decisive. Don't, don't half, don't halfway. And I feel like Mo Bamba is still kind of halfway on a lot of things. Um, he's shown flashes, which is good. I, I'm not saying Mo hasn't gotten better. I'm not saying he hasn't been, he hasn't play had good moments, but there's still a long way to go with Mo Bamba. And I think what a lot of Magic fans are seeing and why they're defending him so much is, they're really invested in him as sixth overall pick Mo Bamba. But as I always tell people, draft picks lose value the moment you drive them off the lot. They're like cars. They lose value the moment you drive them off the lot. This eighth or ninth pick we're going to get that the Magic are probably going to get from the Chicago Bulls. It, it feels really good and really valuable right now. But I can guarantee you the moment it's Keon Johnson or Corey Kispert or, you know, or whoever, or Jalen Johnson or whoever, no longer is it a top 10 pick. It's a player, and that player and how they develop determines whether that pick is good or not or determines what it is. got to start dealing with the player instead of the pick. And so I think Mo you know, captures everyone's imagination as someone who was the, the sixth overall pick, um, uh, as someone that you know, the Magic put a lot of weight in, put a lot of, you know, put a lot of on. And I think there's a lot of kind of Nikola Vucevic fatigue just because he's, he was the guy that was with the team uh, throughout the entire rebuild, everyone was ready to move on from everyone. It felt like was ready to move on from Vucevic almost immediately because he wasn't Dwight. But, but you know, again, Mo is doing good things. Do not get me wrong. Mo is doing good things. 
but it's still about doing more. And, and again, figuring that out is the trickiest part. I actually asked Steve Clifford about this earlier today um, after practice, you know, you know, cause he's, he said it numerous times, you know, you can't look at the box scores right now to determine whether guys are doing the right things or, or playing the right way. And so, you know, I asked Steve, Cliff, Steve Clifford pretty directly, you know, you know, and I agree with him on this because, you know, teams are doing weird things, you know, magic, are obviously not in a position where they're really going to win. It's, it's hard to figure out what stacks are real and, and what's not, um, you know, again, Bamba scoring, you know, what was it? Uh, 11 of his 16 points in the second half when the game was already decided to me, that, that screams like that, that those numbers don't mean much, um, that, that those numbers are kind of empty. Um, but again, figuring out what numbers have meaning or not is really difficult right now. And so I asked Steve Clifford, how do you measure or, or what things are you looking for to determine that guys are doing the right things, that guys are playing meaningful minutes and learning the way that you want them to learn? And even Steve Clifford said, we're still figuring that out. You know, we're, you know, like we, I got with my coaches and talked with them about how we measure these things. Um, you know, I, I think Cole Anthony is a really good example. Like Co- what Cole Anthony did in the fourth quarters against Memphis and Cleveland especially felt especially meaningful. Those were plays that won the magic the game. You know, again, you want, you want plays that affect winning. You want players that affect winning. And, and Cole Anthony stepped up in some big moments, and it felt really real, which is why we talked about it a ton. Granted, it's against Cleveland. Granted, it, you know, it, Memphis is a good team. Memphis is something to play for. So those moments felt very, very real. But when you scale it back and look at those games, Cole Anthony even said after the game against Cleveland that he didn't play very well the first three quarters. Um, you know, you go back and look at the Memphis game, you know, Cole took a while to figure out how to get himself going. Um, and then Detroit, he kind of lays an egg. He's only plays 21 minutes that game. Um, he obviously gets hit really hard, gets hit um, and, and kind of was out of it Wednesday, but really struggled there. Um, it's, it's really, really difficult, um, again, I think, to, 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 to say what's real. Um, and, and, and Cole's obviously a rookie, and I think there is a difference between what a rookie is doing and what a, a more veteran player is doing. Um, Daniel Warrenson makes an interesting point, um, kind of a point that I made. Um, you know, he says, is it possible we need to look at Mo the same way we did Fultz? He is in year one or two, not three or four. Um, I think there's something to that. Um, I, I won't lie. Um, you know, big men definitely do take longer to develop, uh, and Mo has not had a full offseason. Um, I, I think the, I, I think there is, is very much something to that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to go there because he, he played, um, significant minutes that, you know, Fultz literally played only 33 games over three seasons. And, and so he'd never been through a full season and, and Mo has been through three quarters of a season. He's been through, or almost, you know, pr- to maybe two thirds of a season. Um, he's been through another two thirds of a season. Um, injuries have been a problem. I agree completely. I, I want to see Mo get a healthy off season. Um, obviously it's a contract year for Mo. Um, and, and that's, that's a big thing. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're on a ticking, we're on a, we're on a timeline here. We're on a, on a clock now. Um, so I, I think that that's crucial that he has to prove, he has to prove that he can play in the league next year. Um, that it's, that's the bottom line. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on next year and, and yeah, he needs a healthy off season to get that. Um, Trent Murtha co- commenting on what I'm saying here. Um, I understand what you're saying, but Bomba's improved multiple on all ends of his game, such as his rebounding defense and scoring with increased minutes since trade. So I think he could break out next season as this will be his first healthy offseason to work on his game since entering the league. And I agree, I, I agree completely like that. I want to make this clear. I am not giving up on Mo Bamba. Um, I don't mean to single him out. Um, he was singled out for something, and I just wanted to hit the pause button on that. 
Um, I know he's a player that, that creates immense debate. He's a player that a lot of people really care about. Um, I, I, I do think Mo is doing the right things. I have been really impressed over his last five or six games with his rebounding ability. I, you know, as much as I said that the points don't feel real, he had seven of his, what, seven of his 15 rebounds in the first half on Wednesday. The rebounding feels real. It feels like he's really found some confidence and, and found a groove there. Um, give him a healthy offseason, and I think he will get better. Will he be starting center good? Will he get all those pieces together? Will all that experience finally coalesce into him being uh, a more consistent and useful defensive player? Because, again, we saw he has the potential to be a really good defensive player. Like that block on Jason Tatum, that's not nothing. Again, you see these moments. That's not nothing. But I still – you know, I still want to see more consistency from Mo. Uh, and again, this offseason is going to be critical. And, and that's, you know, that gets to, you know, something else that, that I mentioned on the show earlier this week about how the Magic can manage the rest of the season. Um, you know, I don't expect Shumo Kiki back the rest of the year. I think it's more important for him to be healthy for his offseason than to rush back or come back to play a game against the Atlanta Hawks next week. Um, although that would be in his hometown, so maybe that would be nice. Um, I... I don't think it makes much sense. I mean, Wendell Carter's injury is a different kind of injury than a sprained ankle. Um, I don't think it makes much sense to rush a Terrence Ross back or James Ennis back or Michael Carter Williams back. I I think those guys are probably done for the year. I don't think it makes much sense, both for tanking purposes, but also more for their off seasons are more important than these games. Um, You know, I I think, I think that's why we're going to see Cole Anthony's minutes come down. Um, I don't think we'll see him hit, you know, hit anything more than 30, 31 minutes per game the rest of the season. Um, if games are close, close at all. Um, I, I think that, that that's something that we're going to see. And so, yes, um, I think the off season is the game right now for the magic. Um, it's setting everyone up to have really good off seasons. Um, and, and I think that's, that's going to be really, really vital uh, here. Um, just going through the comments. Um, Ralph Henry says, honestly, I like Mo's rebounding effort better than Wendell. Um, I, I think they're, I think both are, are, both are not quite great rebounders yet. Um, Mo's rebounding effort has been significantly better of late. Um, he is, he has historically not been a very good defensive rebounder. Um, he's a very good offensive rebounder. He's always been a very good offensive rebounder. Um, but his defensive rebounding has been really poor. Um, Wendell's defensive rebounding has been getting better. I think he's around a 23% defensive rebound rate. Um, for reference, Nikola Vucevic was at like 28, 29, nearly 30% for most of the year. Um, so Wendell's rebounding leaves a lot to be desired too. And, and that's been a huge weakness for the magic. So I, I, I do think that that is, um, that is the, the, the question here. Um, Evan DuPont asks consensus is Bamba has the higher ceiling between he and WCJ, right? I think that is 100% correct. That's why the magic took Bamba over Wendell Carter um, in the draft three years ago. Um, I, I, if Bamba puts all the pieces together, um, he is very clearly, a potential game changer defensively, especially with Isaac, especially with um, some of the defenders that the Magic have. Um, Bamba as a rim protector, as someone who could clean up messes and can and can get rebounds and have that athleticism, um, is a very very big deal. We just we just haven't seen all those pieces come together, and you know, unfortunately, like I agree, the guy needs more time. I agree that um, you know he hasn't really had the full benefits that a young player should have, um, but time is running out. And, you know, how much are the Magic going to pay to keep him? Are the Magic going to pay to keep him? Um, part of me believes that, you know, that ship has kind of sailed in Orlando, that if he's going to find success, he's got to find it somewhere else. He just needs a new pair of eyes on him. That, you know, again, Steve Clifford's human. We're all human. We all make opinions. And, and those get those are can be very difficult to change. That, you know, Clifford just isn't – it's going to take a lot – it's going to take 
Mo Bamba being better plus a little extra to get over the hump with with Steve Clifford and and, and kind of the baggage and not the baggage baggage is the wrong word but with the with the 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 history that that's here in Orlando so um you know I think it might be a case that Bamba might be better served finding a, a new home for next year to, to to kind of make those improvements and get a little bit better as well um it's it's yeah it's 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 just a lot of again Ralph Henry mentions it's his defensive awareness it's it's understanding and recognizing situations. And again, that, that, that's the part that really concerns me because regardless of his lack of off-season training, as his lack of strength, um, those are things that he's, this is his third year in the league. It's not like he never played. He should be a lot better at these things. He should be a lot further along on these things. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you a little bit about Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Well, if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and more than 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, the chat has been very active. We do have a speaker request. So, Kyle Lang, how you doing, Kyle? Hey, Phil. Thanks so much for uh, hosting this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, I'm happy, happy to do it. What, what do you got? Well, I also want to say I really enjoy on the pod when you pull the interview clips of the players and the coaches because as a Magic fan living in Connecticut – I don't have the Fox, or, or I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Bally. I'm sorry, I don't have the Bally. Uh, <laughs> I, I will bleep that out for you. Don't worry. You know, so I don't. I, I appreciate when you uh, have those clips, so I can see a little bit more of the access. It's nice to hear, you know, some of the coaches and players talking and get a little bit of that insight. I just wanted to say, you know, it's been really nice to see this team, the wins or the close competitive games lately, not the blowout losses, but we can just see flashes of 
that what this team can be. There's some really good basketball that's being played at times. I'm excited for next year to see some competitive basketball, hopefully some could win basketball games, uh, at least that they're going to be there. The, the, the thing that's always tough and why I always agree with you in terms of these games are important to get wins. And I don't get forlorn when we get wins, even though we may be moving ourselves a spot in the lottery, who the heck knows is because I remember those rebuild years not so long ago when it was, you know, Vooch and a young Aaron Gordon and Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo. And that team was talented, but it just couldn't get wins. You know, at the end of the game, those fourth quarters couldn't close. So it's really nice to see the cold-blooded, you know, Cole Anthony coming out and wanting it in the fourth quarter. Um, it's it's really nice to see R.J. Hampton doing some cutting, hitting some elbow. If he can add a really nice elbow jumper, I mean, his three looks pretty good, too. If he can get it in and around the paint and take some easy shots, he could be great. I mean, I loved watching Markel. It's so sad to see him and J.I. go down. But with Chuma, that's, that's a really nice lineup. My yeah. question for you is around some of the, the couple of veterans. I mean, Gary Harris, I'd love to see him defensively. I had no idea he was so good. You know, getting him back in the trade for Aaron Gordon, I thought we were losing an elite defender, which we were, to guard wings. But we got back another elite defender. That guy can really guard guards. I mean, twos and, I mean, maybe some threes, but he is a fantastic defender. Um he, I think he could be a great part of the team moving forward. And, of course, there's Terrence Ross, who we haven't seen in a long time. What is the likelihood of those two guys in particular, looking at some more – those are the two most veteran players, really, on the lineup, on the, the roster still. What's the likelihood of those guys staying? Is Terrence, please don't tell me Terrence Ross is going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, first, first as a as a as a point of information, um, just so everyone knows, um, I, I typically play the sound um, from practice or from games when I'm able to cover the games myself. Um, but you'll probably notice I I do still get get quotes from uh, from the games. Um, the Magic have been really good about this and, and really good about access to both the media and to fans. Um, if you ever want to listen to any post game sound or post game or, or post practice sound they do post all of them on orlandomagic.com um and i believe they and i believe it has there's public access to the magic's pr twitter account which is at magic underscore pr so if you ever want to listen to kind of the raw sound of what the media is asking players um all of that is available publicly um you know is available publicly um so uh you know i Always, I'm always for people having more information. Um, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's my job to decipher that information and, and give it context and, and, and kind of draw things out from it. But all that sound is, is always publicly available. So never, never feel disconnected from your team. Um, never feel that, that, that you don't, that you don't have a way to connect to your, connect to the team or, or be around or be around them or get, you know, quote, you get some inside access as well. Um, if you haven't been watching it as well, um, the Orlando Magic on their YouTube page have been posting an all-access kind of mini documentary, like maybe 10, 12-minute episodes every week. Um, and that's that those have been really, really good. Um, you know, the first kind of the first you got like Markel Fultz's and Jonathan Isaac's reaction to the trade deadline. They, they just happen to be in the building. Um that some there's 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 been a lot of really good stuff. So I think you know, the Magic have done some good stuff to maintain access, especially during a pandemic when um, you know, we're not always around the, the players. I will say this. I, I do think that the Zooms are a little impersonal. Um, like we don't have a good sense of like who Chuma Okiki is or even like who Cole Anthony is because we're just not able to kind of hang around them and, and shoot the breeze off the record, which is something that the media can do that the public can't. But all those interviews and all those availabilities are always available. 
um, publicly on orlandomagic.com. Um, kind of getting back to the question about the veterans, though. Um, I was a big Gary Harris guy. Um, you know, I, I, everything that I've read about him, and, and I talked to some Denver people, um, Denver people as well, uh, leading up to the trade deadline, um, as well as um, after the trade deadline when the Magic acquired him, and they just gushed about Gary Harris. Um, he, they all believe that like he was such a key veteran for that team. Um, he was there kind of when Denver kind of restarted their their roster a little bit after after um, the Carmelo Anthony day or shortly after the Carmelo Anthony Dan, Danilo Gallinari kind of tail end of that era. Uh, and they, um, they, they loved Gary Harris. Um, you know, he got a really nice tribute video when they returned to Denver. Uh, and, and I think you definitely see his influence and the numbers don't quite reflect that influence yet, but you definitely see the influence of a guy like Gary Harris. You're, you're absolutely right. He is a fantastic defender. He just, he just knows where to be defensively and, and how to help, um, and I think right now, like the goal for him is just getting him, getting him healthy. Um, you know, I think he's still kind of getting into getting his legs under him and getting his second wind a little bit after being out for so long. And this is, again, just like it is for Mo, big offseason for Gary Harris. He's entering a contract here. He's going to have a lot of motivation to play and play well. And the Magic, obviously, I think the Magic are going to use him. I think the Magic are going to rely on him, even if they draft a two. Um, I, I, people have yelled at me for this. Um, even if the Magic drafted Jalen Suggs or a Cade Cunningham or um, a, you know Jalen Green, I think they start the year coming off the bench. To be perfectly honest, um, I think that the Magic you know want to make sure a veteran like Gary Harris is around. Now, obviously, if they're better, if they outplay them in practice, if they outplay them in camp, that changes everything. But um, I, I think that the Magic really value Gary Harris. Um, Terrence Ross, I think, is the same way. Uh, I think that you know one of Steve Clifford's big concerns, and I'm sure something that he will raise with the front office as they're planning and preparing their summer is to make sure this team isn't too young. Um, some of the struggles that I think the magic have had this year have been simply because they're very, very young. They're making young team mistakes. The defensive, the defensive errors that they're making kind of the defensive slippage that we've seen from them. Um, in my opinion, a lot of it's just young player mistakes. And, and the unfortunate part about this season is there has been no time to practice. I mean, Steve Clifford pointed it out today Today, today, you know, Thursday, May 6th, 6th practice was the first time the Magic had practiced since the New Orleans Pelicans game, or since before the Pelicans game. Um, that was, what, two weeks ago? Um, you know, essentially, they didn't practice when Steve Clifford wasn't coaching the team. Um, they're supposed to have a practice the day after the New Orleans, or uh, on the Saturday after the New Orleans game, um, but that got postponed because, or got canceled because of Steve Clifford's positive test, everyone had to go into go into testing and and, and sort that out. Um, so, the, I I do think that a lot of the Magic's problems will get resolved, or, or some of them will get resolved, um, with a full training camp, um, a full offseason for Clifford to kind of plan his plan his his game plan or plan his season plan around the roster that he has. Um, I I, I always say that the one thing you don't want to give is Steve Clifford uh, a, a, a lot of time to prepare because he will have his team prepared and ready to play. Um, and so um, I think I think there's a very real concern that this team is too young. Um, having said that, you know Terrence Ross will be entering um, you know kind of a, a, a tricky time in his contract. He'll be I, I think he is nearing the end of his end of his deal too. Um, uh, I think he might have two years left. Yeah, two years left on his deal. Um, it would not surprise me if the Magic moved him. Um, it would not surprise me if they kept him, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I think obviously he would, he gives this team shooting that they absolutely need. Um, they, they're still, you know, Gary Harris, I was hoping would begin to regain his shooting touch. That has not happened of yet. 
Um, and I think that's a big concern. I think the Magic were kind of relying on him to be a reliable 36, 37% three-point shooter. Um, he's hovering around, what, 33, 34% since joining the team, maybe a little bit worse than that. Um, those little percentage points matter. Um, you know, Ross, again, 32, 32 33% three-point shooter, but his volume and the threat of his shoot, of his shot really, really uh, keeps defenses honest. So um, I do think that the Magic have to be very, very careful. They are a very, very, very young team. Young teams are always prone to mistakes. Young teams need veterans just to kind of show them the way. Like lineups work better with Gary Harris in the lineup. Lineups work better with Michael Carter-Williams in the lineup because those guys know what they're doing. I, I really do expect that the Magic will keep Michael Carter-Williams around. Um, I think that he's, again, another really valuable line, really valuable veteran that just helps the young guys um, stay the path. And, you know, a, a big thing that I was concerned about and one of the reasons why I was a little bit hesitant to give up Nikola Vucevic um, or, or entertain Nikola Vucevic talks unless they were just, just like a killer deal, which honestly I think the Magic might have gotten from Chicago, um, is just a little bit of a fear of a lack of institutional knowledge. Um, I feel like the Magic – you know, are going to be starting essentially from scratch. Um, you know, again, Steve Clifford says every year is a different year. You always kind of start over from scratch, but um, getting those September workouts and, and you know, being ahead of the game because you've already gone through what you're, what you're expected to do and what you're going to, what you're going to be running and, and, and what the expectations are. I think that really gets you ahead of the curve. Um, and so I think that the magic kind of lose, have lost a lot of that. Like Terrence Ross and Michael Carter Williams are really the only guys that have, you know, been around the league and been with this team for a little while. Um, you know, again, is Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac really going to be good enough or, or ready enough leaders to to kind of lead this team uh, in its next iteration, in its next generation, so to speak? Um, I, I think that's a real, real question for this team. And so I, I think that I think that um, finding veterans and maybe even veterans who have experience with Clifford would be really beneficial to this team and would be absolutely necessary for this team. So thanks for the question. Um, I, I really appreciate that. A lot of talk, um, a lot of, a lot of talk about RJ Hampton. I'm sorry. The, the, the chat has kind of gotten away from me here. Um, RJ, Ham- like, like, he, uh, like, like uh, the, the speaker there, like uh, the speaker there said, um, uh, Kyle said, um, RJ Hampton looks really impressive. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about empty stats and Hampton stats, you know, are, it's different for rookies. I'll say this. I, I think there are different standards. Like veterans and rookies have different standards. Rookies just you just need them to play. You just need to see that they can play. Like um, this, I, I say this about summer league all the time. Summer league doesn't tell you who can play; it tells you who can't. Um, this is kind of the same deal. Rookie years kind of tell you who who's not going to who can't play more than who can play. So the fact that we're seeing Hampton now that he has some minutes, now that he's had some times, we're seeing things that he can do at an NBA level, like his speed is elite. Like that, that dude is fast. You give him an open lane, he's going to get to the basket. He's going to make a good decision. And, and what I've been really harping on is I need to see the game slow down for him. I need him to, to slow down and really use that speed as a weapon rather than it just being the one thing that he does. Um, and, and he's starting to mix his speeds up a little bit. He's starting to just the game. The game is slowing down for him. You can tell by the way he's finishing at the rim. You can tell by the way he's passing off the dribble, which is something that Steve Clifford pointed out in, in, in practice today. Um, about Hampton, the shots coming. Um, uh, if you look at his splits, he's shooting. It's been a while since I looked, but he's shooting like 42, 43% from the corners. Um, that's a really good start for a three point shooter. So, um, you know, Clifford said today that he is very confident that a summer working with Bruce Kreitzer, you know, maybe another summer working with Mike Miller, um, is going to really bring RJ Hampton shooting up a lot. Um, and so, you know, he gets that as a weapon. 
then he becomes really, really dangerous. I mean, you can see why this kid was considered one of the top picks, one of the top prospects in his, in his high school class. Um, why a pro team in a really good league in Australia would consider signing him. Um, you know, again, the NBL, I would say the NBL is probably, probably, um, it's probably like the third or fourth best league in the world, to be perfectly honest, a uh, professional league in the world. Um, it might, it might be the second best professional league in the world. The NBL is really good. Australian basketball is really good. Um, that dark horse, dark horse team to medal in the Olympics this year, by the way, is the boomers. Um, it's, um, it's, it's really, it's RJ Hampton's been really impressive to me. And, and again, yes, uh, the same argument I'm making about Mo Bamba, RJ stats can be a little empty. Um, he is, he is kind of getting, getting buckets late and getting baskets late, but you know, honestly, like I thought his energy in the first quarter Wednesday night changed that game, um, really helped get, get the lead, get the, get the kind of rain the Celtics in a little bit and give the magic a chance to get back into that game. Um, his energy against the Pistons, the magic were down what 11 in the first quarter, Hampton came in and just made a huge difference for that team. And, and, and that pass that he made to Ignas Brasdekis, um to put the Magic up by six in Monday's game, that was a great pass. Like, that was a really good pass. Like, you know, go back, um, you know, another tool that I use, uh, NBA.com slash scores. If you go on a box score of a game that's already completed, they log every play. So go back to Monday's game, check out all of RJ Hampton's assists and watch that assist um, at, at the end of the game. Really impressive pass on the on the move to a shooter to 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 seal that game. Again, late game stuff that has meaning. You know, there's stakes, there's pressure that has meaning. You want to see how these guys respond to pressure. That's that's why it's so important that the Magic remain competitive in these games. Um, it's 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 going to be really interesting um, to see um, see see everything. Um, some some talk about the draft, which is where I wanted to go to next. Um, Raf Henry said a couple minutes ago, the reason the draft is important for me. Uh, actually, uh, I'll get to the speaker request here in a sec. Um, the reason the draft is important for me is just, is that it seems that we can't bring in a star or star potential in free agency. I think it's been over a decade since the last star free agent we were able to bring in. Richard Lewis will be the last one. Um, yeah, no, agree completely. Um, the Magic put a lot on this draft to try and uh, to try and get that superstar player and kind of restart their rebuild a little bit. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up on everything. Um, but let's get take a speaker request. Daniel Mortensen. How you doing, man? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Hey, I had uh, two questions. Um, one, as far as the offseason goes, um, is there any of the young players or is it just all of them that you personally are the most excited for to see what they can do with a, with a healthy, Lord willing, and a full offseason? And... Uh- Go ahead. No, oh, no. I was, uh, you know, I would. I mean, obviously, any young player, I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I, I am. I'm really. Ex- I mean, I've been really excited about Cole Anthony. Um, I think that he. I think. I mean, he has a. Uh, he has a bit of uh, of audaciousness and kind of bravado that this team really doesn't have a lot of. Um, you know that there's a the, the two guys I'm most excited about are Cole Anthony and R.J. Hampton. Um, you know, I explained. I just said one of the some of the reasons I, I really like what R.J.'s been doing and. And again, like, you know, you're looking if you're competing at a high level for guys with elite skills and, and Jonathan Isaac to me is the only guy that really has an elite skill as a, as a, as a defender. Um, RJ Hampton's speed is 
almost there. Um, the, just the tools are just really, really raw. And, you know, one of my concerns with, especially with how guard heavy this draft is, is that, you know, one of these young guards might get squeezed out a little bit, but, um, at the end of the day, you know, I don't expect Fultz is going to play oh, like the whole season. Like he's going to sit out back to backs. They're going to be careful with him. He may not play really until Christmas. So Hampton's going to get his chance. Um, even if you bring in another guard, even if you bring in another guard in the draft, um, you know, the magic I think have shown they will play multiple ball handlers and multiple guards. And I think they, I think the, the way the league is pointing is in that direction. And so the magic are set up really well with multiple guys who can attack off the dribble and pass off the dribble, um, to, 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 to take advantage of this, you know, kind of way the NBA is going. I mean, I mean, even if you draft a Cade Cunningham, I think Cade can play a little bit off the ball. You play Cade and Markel with Cole and RJ, you always have two ball handlers on the floor and shoot. The way the league is going size-wise, you could probably get away with playing three of those point guards at the same time. Charlotte's been doing that a lot with Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and LaMelo Ball. Um, and so I, I think I think what we're increasingly seeing in the NBA is just play your five best guys. You add a little size behind them, but play your five best guys. That gives you the best chance to win. So I, I really like like the, what Cole did this week was really impressive for a rookie. Um, winning those two games the way he did. Uh, there's obviously still some consistency issues, but he's done a really good job. Like the game has slowed down for him. It's very, very clear that he is seeing the game a lot slower. Um, and we're starting to see that with Hampton. And, you know, Ham- they're, they're, just, they're just both so full of potential. We can clearly see that potential. Getting the, getting those pieces together and getting that confidence is, is really, I think, what the rest of the season's about for the Magic. Okay, perfect. And then my second question is, with the draft coming up and with us having two picks, that second pick, the Bulls pick, is it possible that we go draft and stash route? Or is it possible that we try to take on a couple more young players? Um, you know, I think that the way this draft is shaking out, um, it's not likely that there's a stash guy that makes sense. Um, sure. Um, if they're, I mean, the Magic have shown they will take whoever makes sense to them. But, you, you know, you look at some of the guys that are available – um, you know, you look at some of the the mock drafts. There are not a lot of like stash guys there. Um, you know, the ne- the first the first real stash guy is Alperin Sangun, um, uh, who plays for Besiktas in in, in uh, Turkey. Um, there's Usman Garuba from Real Madrid, but you know those guys are not guys. You know, and I haven't done a lot of study on them. I don't know if those guys are guys you take in the top ten. Um, you know, maybe Sangun is. Um, he's a six ten center. Um, he's averaging 25, 25 points and twelve rebounds, and almost twelve rebounds per game, uh, with with Besiktas in Turkey. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if those are the guys you take. To be honest, I, I, I'm not I'm not sure if the, I don't I'm not sure you you make that kind of a stretch. Um, with where the Magic are at, you take the best player available and you figure out the roster stuff later. Um, you know, it's not that next season is going to be a wash, but right now this team just needs talent. Um, and so you know you take the guy that you feel gives gives you the best chance to turn into a star or to be a, a key role player. Um, you know, and there's some really good players in this draft. Um, I, 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 I do like Scotty Barnes from Florida state. Um, I, I do like, you know, I do think there's something in Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, um, with, with the flashes that he showed at Duke before he had to leave. I, I think Keon Johnson can be a really capable scorer. Corey Kispert's obviously a great shooter might be the best shooter in the draft. Um, you know, our guy Mavs draft is really big on James Book Knight. I'm looking at Tankathon's mock draft right now and they have him going 12th. Um, you know, he's just, he's a, he's really a pure scorer um, that is, as, as a 6'5 shooting guard. Um, there, there, th- let me put it this way. If 
I, I do agree with this. If there is a draft to tank or if there is a year where the Magic could accidentally be bad and have two top 10 picks, this year feels like a really good year for that to happen. Um, so I, I don't think the Magic are going to kind of be cautious with this pick. I think they're going to go out and get a player. Um, I think they, they need players and they want players um, to, to, to be successful here and, and, and to be um, what they want it to be. Let's take another quick break so I can tell you a little bit about our pals at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Get it? Swing? Okay, I'll stop. Uh, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Rock Auto. I actually took my car into the shop yesterday, uh, needed its yearly maintenance. I am not a car person. I don't know what I'm looking at. I need the help. But if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, especially ahead of these summer months, it's already starting to get super warm here in Florida, then you need to check out rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast today on the Locked On Today podcast. How should NFL teams handle players who do not want to get vaccinated? Interesting question. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Um, let's get another speaker request. Uh, Evan Dupont. Evan, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you doing, buddy? Evan, are you there? Yeah. Can you not hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. That's All what right. matters. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. No, no worries. It's, it's technology. What are we, we going to do? <laughs> Fair. Hey, so let's, like, just trying to think about, like, an ideal scenario in my Orlando Magic mind, like, hoping for the best, right? So let's say the ping pong balls drop the way they do. The Magic, their pick is in the top four. And do you, do you, do you, do you, before you before you dive in this, do you, do you want me to run a simulated lottery to, to give you to give you a scenario? <laughs> well, I did one today, and that's what I'm going on. Okay, about. okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I got I, I got take a thought on because I'm because I'm a I was gonna I was gonna detail detail a tiebreaker scenario that I think is gonna be a fun thing to watch. But uh, but go, but go for it. Sure. So I did a tankathon today, and it actually had us drafting third, and then the Bulls tri- Bulls pick dropped to fifth and it got me wondering like okay so obviously i know with the third pick we're 
I'm assuming, you know, we're going best player available. And because we need the talent with the fifth pick, Jonathan Kaminga is on the board and I've talked to other magic fans and not everyone's as high on him as well as, you know, from a fitment standpoint, if you're the GM in that situation, are you still going with Kaminga or, you know, you're, I know you're high on Scotty Barnes and a couple other people that might have a better fitment with what we're trying to do. Just trying to get your two cents on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think that there's Cade Cunningham. There's the next four guys, Mobley, Suggs, Green, and Kuminga. And, and then there's everyone else. Um, so if, if, I'm, if I'm in the top five, um, I'm still taking Kuminga. Um, I, I, I'm still t- I, I, I think among those top five guys, I'm lower on Kuminga um, because there are questions about his shooting and, and his ability to kind of trans, uh, not necessarily translate to the next level, but is he going to be something more than just a really nice 3 and D guy? Because obviously the Magic have one of those, you know, have two of those now, and Isaac and, and Okiki. Um, and so I think there'd be a little bit of a question of like, okay, how do we make sure he gets playing time? Um, you know, if we're, if we're going to spend a top five pick on a guy, um, you know, we want him to eventually be a starter. Well, where's his path to minutes? Where, how does he make, how does he make that path to minutes? Now, granted, I'd still take him at five and wouldn't think twice about it because, you know, you don't know what, you don't know if Isaac's going to be healthy. You don't really know what Okiki is going to be yet. Um, so, you know, more competition's fine, more talent's fine. Kuminga, I was really impressed with him in the bubble in the G League. Um, I thought he was a better shooter and offensive player than, than what was advertised. Um, he definitely tailed off toward the end of the, toward the end of the season. Um, but I think some of that is bubble life. And I think some of that is he was dealing with an injury and, and, and sat out kind of the last couple games of their, of their run um, to, to the G league playoffs. But um, I think I'm lower on Kuminga than a lot of those other guys. Um, not just because he's maybe a little, he's got a little bit more work to do to be an impact kind of offensive player. He's, 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 he's going to be able to step in and defend right away. Like it would not surprise me if the magic took Kuminga. Um, but um, because the Magic already have those positions kind of filled by young guys already. Now, that's to say, well, you know, kind of using that log- logic, well, the Magic have Markel at point guard, they have Cole at point guard, they have RJ at, at point guard. Why would it make sense to take Cade or Jalen or, or either Jalen or or, or, or or any of them? And to that, I'd say, well, they have young guys everywhere. Um, but I think that... I think that the Magic view, certainly view Isaac at another level. And so you do have to think about, okay... How does this player fit around Isaac, um, or or can this player coexist with Isaac? And I, and I think if you have Kuminga, you know, and I think we're honestly going to see the same question about Okiki. Are you running into the same problem that you had with Aaron Gordon? Where does he play well? Does he pair well with Isaac? But again, top of the draft, take best player, figure out the fit later. Um, if they're if they're good enough, it'll the the pecking order will sort itself out, and it's very very easy to make trades in the NBA. So. Um, you know, again, I'm not against taking two guards with those two picks. I mean, I think, you know, what, what I often think about when I'm doing mock drafts is, is, you know, when I get to a, a team's second pick, it's like, well, who did they take with the first pick? They're not going to take the same position. But again, the magic are so bereft of talent. Just get, just get talent in the building and, and you can figure out the fit later, especially if it's someone you believe in. Um, you know, again, Scotty Barnes is very much a Florida state forward. Um, he is. You know, a lot of people have compared him to Draymond Green as someone who can who can run the point at six nine. But he played a very similar role at Florida State that um, that Jonathan Isaac did, where you know he was a support. I mean, maybe a little bit more on the ball, but he wasn't expected to be a scorer. He wasn't expected to be kind of a, a, a dominant a dominant scorer. Um, you know, they kind of ran him a little bit as a point forwards, which which is an interesting skill set for sure. Um, but again, 
expected to defend, expected to spread the floor. Florida State keeps their minutes low because they get they have they just have so much talent. Um, it's it's it, you don't you, I just don't think you can worry about that. You got to find the guy that fits your philosophy and, and how you want to build, uh, and, and just and and take that player with with where you're at, especially the sign of the draft. I mean, we're talking about two top ten picks here. It, it's just you got to make sure you get players as as much as anything else. You can figure out how to fit the roster around them over the next couple of years. You just need to see that they can play. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's definitely, uh, the draft is definitely a, a good question. And, you know, uh, um, one of the, one of the questions that I got about the draft here uh, from scoop uh, says, could you see them packaging both picks and one of the young guys to move up in the draft? I have thought about this a lot and I thought, you know, yes, maybe the magic could take Terrence Ross and, you know, their, their second pick or the Bulls pick or their first pick to move up into the top five. Um, that honestly might depend on who gets in there. Um, but the bottom line is this, this top five, I think is considered to be very, very good. Um, I don't think if anyone gets into the top five, they will be willing to trade down. Um, I, I think unless the, unless the return is just unbelievable and they're a team that wasn't expected to be in the lottery, they don't really need a young player of that caliber or adding a guy like Terrence Ross, it would cost Terrence Ross. I, I, I think that I think that would be the case. Um, uh, adding a guy like Terrence Ross is more valuable to them than adding you know one of these top players, or or, or would help them kind of achieve a short term goal quicker than adding one of these top players. But uh, again, that is to me that is a huge stretch. The, the top five of this draft is considered to be very very good. Um, I do not anticipate the top anyone in the top five moving. But again. If any team has the opportunity to do so, there's two teams that have the opportunity to do so. It would be the Magic with the Bulls pick. And it would be Oklahoma City if that Houston pick falls out of the top four because then Oklahoma City would also get two top ten picks because uh, Oklahoma City owns Houston's pick if, it, if it's outside the top four as well. Um, Scoop follows that up with, what about if we're at four or five and want to move up one or two to get someone the front office wants? Um, maybe a little bit more possible if they're trading within that top five. Um, it would cost you that second first round pick and probably a veteran and you probably have to take on a bad contract. Um, if I'm the magic, I do that. Honestly, um, I think it's more, I think the magic put all their chips on this draft. Um, one of the, it's the, the number one thing I was uncomfortable with about what the magic did at the trade deadline. Um, you know, and I agree with, tra- I agree with the logic of it. I agree that the deal that the Bulls sent them um, was the kind of deal that would get them to move off of Nikola Vucevic and, who knew that the bulls would fall apart the way that they have since the trade Um, that pick just feels very, very valuable right now. Um, But the thing that I have been most uncomfortable with is that all their eggs are on this draft. If they don't get a top five, top five pick in this year's draft. um, If they don't, if that, you know, the bulls pick is a bonus. Like I, I don't care that much about that. If the magic do not land a top five pick in this draft, the Nikola Vucevic trade is, is going to be really tough to justify. Um, so much of what the team did and, and how quickly they want to rebound was based on hitting in this draft. So if the Magic don't get into the top f- top four or five in this draft, um, if the Magic don't win the lottery, and to me winning the lottery is not the number one pick, it's the top four. It's being one of the top four picks. If the Magic do not win this lottery, um, it's going to be a longer haul. It's going to be a lot tougher to rebuild. Um you know, we're looking at look at looking at the Magic's timeline here. Jonathan Isaac's on a four-year contract. Markel Fultz only has three years on his contract. Um, uh, uh, you know, essentially, you know, you know, Fultz is going to be kind of recovering next year. The following year is essentially a contract year for Markel Fultz. Um, there's not a lot of time here. 
um, if Fultz is that important to this team. Uh, and so the Magic, the Magic have to kind of take that step, you know, kind of have to get that kind of starring player that this draft is promising to speed things up a little bit. Otherwise, we're looking at, you know, a team that's going to be young and, 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 you know, maybe spunky, but not a playoff capable team for another two years. You know, I'm skeptical the Magic will make the playoffs next year, but with the play-in tournament, a healthy Isaac and, you know, Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley, um, you know, the Magic could certainly compete in the East. Um, uh, I, I absolutely think that. Um, but uh, I do think that without that top four pick, it's going to be really, really hard to do. It's going to be extremely difficult to do. Um, and I think that that's, that's uh, that the Magic, the Magic are all in on this draft. Um, so yes, if they don't, if they're not in the top four and there's an opportunity to trade into the top four, um, outside of trading Isaac, do what it takes, get in the top four, get one of these guys. Um, you know, I, I know, I, I know I am a wins matter guy. I'm anti-tanking guy. Um, but I do believe that this draft is the game. If, if the magic don't win this lottery, um, all of a sudden, you know, not that Jeff Weltman's on the hot seat, but Jeff Weltman better have a dang good plan. Um, that's that's all I have to say. Um, let's get another speaker request in. Kyle coming back on the show. Kyle, what's up? Hey everyone, thanks, Phil. I have Kyle. Can you hear me? Settle, I need you to settle an office place dispute for me, Phil. Okay, okay. I'm good. At, I'm good at that. I, I'm all a right. trained mediator. <laughs> so, uh, one of my my buddies who works with me is a Bulls fan. I'm sorry for his loss. I know. Well, that that's how I feel. I've been kind of harping him on it, but one of his consistent points is, man, Wendell Carter has he just he never was consistent. He didn't pull it together. And when we first made that trade, I was thinking, man, this guy's crazy. He, he's Wendell looks great, but now he's been kind of nicked. I know maybe it's the the executives that are maybe in in the coach's ear. Hey, rest them. We're not trying to rush anything. But I'm also seeing a little bit of that. Are you sold on Wendell Carter? Yes or no, and why? I I am not 100% sold on Wendell Carter. Um, I think the defense is there. Like his defensive positioning is is there. Like he does a lot of really good things. Um, the Matt, uh, like he like he's better than Mo Bamba. If we're gonna if we're gonna make that the argument, but I don't think it should be. Um, I I think Wendell Carter's lack of size hurts him. He's listed he's listed I think at six nine six ten. He's probably actually six eight. Um, and, and like one of the first things I noticed about him, like, yes, he's tough. He's in the right spots. He can make plays that the magic haven't been able to make. I am interested to see how the magic use him defensively with Jonathan Isaac. Um, I think they can be a little bit more aggressive and certainly, you know, I think the magic have been a lot more aggressive because Carter gives him a lot more defensive versatility. Um, but I think ultimately that, that Carter just, I think the size is limiting. Um, he gets pushed around a little bit on the glass. Like I said, his defensive rebounding is better. Um, than it than it was when he first got here, uh, but I, I what I see from him often is he does a really good job kind of absorbing the first blow. Um, you know, guy tries to get into him, he's able to kind of dish back the physicality, um, but doing that knocks him out of rebounding position, and he'll give up offensive rebounds. Um, you know, again, I think we were all really spoiled by Nikola Vucevic, and like Nikola Vucevic was a good rebounder, but statistically he was a great rebounder, and I didn't even realize how great a rebounder he was until. I looked at the numbers when I was kind of studying why the Magic were struggling on the defensive glass. Um, again, let's let's let me put it in this context: the Magic before the trade deadline were number one in the league in defensive rebound rate. Since the trade deadline, I think they're like twenty second or twenty third in defensive rebound rate. 
for those that don't know, is just the percentage of rebounds available that you get that are defensive rebounds. So it's literally defensive rebounds over offensive rebounds conceded plus defensive rebounds. It's, it's literally that percentage. Um, you know, they went from 75% to 72%. And you're, you're probably thinking like, oh, three, possess- three percentage points isn't a lot. It is a lot. In a 100-possession game, those are three offensive rebounds, potentially six points off the board right there. Um, rebounding is a big thing for Steve Clifford. This team just this team has not been a great rebounding team since the trade deadline. Um, again, I think Carter has gotten better on that front. I think he's around 23, 24% now. Um, but Nikola Vucic is at 28, 29%. Um, so that's the difference. So I, I would put it this way. I, I think ultimately Carter is probably best if he gets Derek Favors' career. I think that's the player, that's the player model I have in mind for Wendell Carter. Um, better jump shooter than Derek Favors, but um, like Derek Favors has turned himself is was an undersized, you know, kind of five. Um, everyone thought he was going to be like the next Dwight Howard. That was that was how everyone modeled him. But he was just not that that kind of athlete. Um, but he has turned himself into a quality defensive big coming off the bench. Like he is a good good spot starter. You can trust him to start. You can trust him to make good plays. If Wendell Carter becomes Derek Favors again, Derek Favors has been in the league for ten years. That's a good player. That's a really good player. That's a really good add for your team. Derek Favors was huge for the Pelicans last year when they nearly made the playoffs, uh, when they would have made the playoffs if not for uh, – they probably would have made their playoff run if not for the, the season getting canceled. Um, so I, I do think that the Magic you know, should be comfortable with Wendell Carter where he is now. I'm not saying trade him or, or do anything rash or, or even not to resign him um, when his contract comes up. What I would say is – Having Wendell Carter doesn't preclude me from taking Evan Mobley if I think Evan Mobley is the future at center. Um, I I have I banged this drum. I don't know why we haven't seen a Wendell Carter Mobamba lineup together. Um, some of it might have been some depth issues. The Magic just don't have a lot of power forwards and don't have a lot of centers, so they need those guys to fill up all the minutes. I would have loved to see Carter and Bamba play together because I think Carter can play the four. I think he has the mobility on the perimeter to play the four a little bit. Um, and, but the fact that I think that Carter is probably better suited to play the four or needs another big body next to him, like, like Mo, um, you know, or, or intrigued by that potential, um, that kind of tells me a little bit of a little bit of things too. Um, again, Carter's still really young. It's obviously a contract year next year. Um, so he's got plenty of time to prove things. He's, he's shown me enough that I'm, I'm confident that he could play, um, that, you know, if the magic go into next year with him as a starter, that's fine. I, I, I think that, I think that'll work out. Okay. Um, so again, like, um, you know, Evan notes a lot of Bulls Twitter complaints about his lack of toughness in terms of aches and pains. I think, I don't think that's lack of toughness. I think that's just size. Um, you know, again, all these young guys got to, got to put on more muscle. Um, I think when I was, I think when I was talking to Bulls people, they said that, you know, he does all the right things in the building. Um, but there's been some questions about, you know, whether he puts the time in outside of the building or puts the time in, in the off season to really get better. Um, that's, you know, I we'll we'll see about we'll see what he looks like when he comes back from the off season. Obviously, contract year, he's going to be very very motivated to play well. Um, I, I don't think he will be an extension candidate. I don't think the Magic will will extend him before the season like they did with Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Um, they'll they'll need him to prove it again over the course of a full year before they re up on him. Um, so again, yeah, no, I I I I I don't completely agree with Bulls fans on on Carter, but I understand where their criticisms are coming from. Uh, and, and I don't think we should completely disregard them. Um, I do think that there might there might be something to them. Uh, but again, the Magic are at a spot where why not just deal with it? it, it, it who cares? Uh, it's it's not the end of the world um, if if we deal with that. Um, we are coming up on an hour on the show, so I thank everyone for 
uh, making speaker requests for interacting with the show as much as they have. Um, I promised to share a, something fun about the lottery that I think is something to watch here as we enter these last six games. If you look at the lottery standings, if you go, um, you'll, you'll notice something funny. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Orlando Magic all are sitting at 21 and 45. The Minnesota Timberwolves at 20 and 46. Um, play the Orlando Magic on Sunday. Uh, Magic's final home game. I do expect Minnesota to win that game. Um, so we have the potential for a four-way tie for the third seed, for the third third place in the NBA draft lottery. And actually, let's go a little crazy. The Detroit Pistons at nineteen and forty-seven. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but maybe they win two. Maybe they find two wins somewhere. I doubt it. Um, I think the Ro- the Rockets have clinched the number the worst record in the league. I think Detroit's pretty safe at, at the second worst record in the league, but. We really do have a chance here for a four-way tie for the third best odds to win the lottery. Um, and I think people don't quite realize how this thing works or how the lottery works. Um, I am planning to do a, a, bit, a bigger explainer and a bigger um, article on how the lottery actually works. Um, it is a fun thing. It is, it's, it's fun to dorks like me. But um, this is, this is the, the thing I want everyone to kind of keep in mind. Um, if there is a tie, for any lottery spot, the tie is not broken by season series or by anything like that. Literally, the odds are split. So if you go on Tankathon right now, you'll see Cleveland has a forty has a ten point seven percent chance of landing the number one pick. Oklahoma City has the ten point seven percent chance of landing the, num- the, the number one pick, and Orlando has a ten point six percent chance of landing the number one pick, um, even though they all have the same record. Um, Tankathon likes to sort sort teams in their standings by losing streak. So Cleveland's on a longer losing streak, so they get they, they get bumped up to the top of the page. It's not by it's not by alphabetical order, but what actually happens is um, the number of combinations that are needed to win the lottery are split evenly among the teams. So in this case, Cleveland gets a there are 107, 107 that's two fourteen plus one hundred six that's three twenty. There'd be three hundred twenty different combinations between the fourth, fifth, and sixth worst teams in the league or the, or the teams with the fourth, fifth, and sixth best chances of winning the lottery. What happens then is those numbers are split into thirds, thus 10.7 10, plus 107, 107, 106. Uh, and there is a literal lottery draw to determine who gets the number combinations, the first 107, the next 107, and then whoever's last gets only 106. There is literally a draw, a tie-breaking draw. They put everyone, they put all the necessary teams Logos on a ping pong ball, they drop it in a drum and they draw it. So again, think of the chaos. That's enough. There's a, there's what I say, 200, now I'm blanking, 214, 320 plus another 140. So 306, 360 um, or 460 number combinations that would be on the line, evenly split between the four teams. Um, if Minnesota were to finish with 21 wins, as well as Cleveland, Oklahoma City, and Orlando. What essentially they're drawing in that case is the order in which they receive their numbers. Um, the way the lottery actually works, and again, I will do a longer explainer on this, is the lottery actually works. Um, they, they put the numbers 1 through 14 in a drum, and they draw four numbers. And what these chances actually represent, what the 14% chance when the top pick means, is you have 140 number combinations. There are 1,001 number combinations that can be formed by the numbers 1 through 14 drawn exactly once. Um, and so 
like Houston gets one, 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 two, three, four, one, two, three, five, one, two, three, six, essentially anything with a one Houston wins. Um, that's, that's the truth. Um, the order. So the order that those number combinations are drawn is actually really important. Um, so yes, there's a potential. There will be a lottery before the lottery. I actually think there's a really good chance that there's going to be this four way tie for the third, uh, third pick in the draft. Um, I don't see them uh, like y'all know me. I'm an optimist. I don't see the magic winning another game this year. I think maybe they could take Philadelphia's la- the Philadelphia in the last game of the year. If Philadelphia sits all their players, um, I, I don't see the Magic winning another game this year. The Magic's schedule to finish this season is extremely tough. They get at Charlotte, who's playing pretty well right now, um, and then obviously in the play-in tournament uh, situation. At Charlotte on Friday, then they play Minnesota on Sunday, which Minnesota is playing really well. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They're the only team uh, in the bottom eight that is over 500 um, in their last 10 games. They've gone from, again, a, the second-worst team in the league to sitting in third, probably – going to be fourth or going to be fourth or, or kind of move out of this tie-breaking range that I'm talking about. Um, then they go, then they finish the season on a four game road trip at Milwaukee, at Atlanta, at Philadelphia, at Philadelphia. Minnesota is the only team the magic play the rest of the season that is not in playoff in a playoff spot and not outside of the play in tournament, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and they're six and four in their last 10 games and playing extremely well. They have Anthony Edwards, obviously playing at a rookie of the year level. They have Carl Anthony Towns playing well. If Minnesota, I don't think Minnesota's interested in tanking. I think they'd rather see those young guys play and go out and win right now. Um, so I, I, I think it's very, very possible that a, Orlando is going to be in the mix for the third best, for the third worst record in the league and be in the mix for this lottery draw that would take place a couple weeks after the season ends. Just a little lottery minutia for you. I'll go over it again after the season ends. Don't worry. Um, but something to keep an eye on because being in the top three, if you're alone, gets you the best odds at winning the lottery. If you're tied, you don't get the best odds to win the lottery. You got to share that with the team that you're tied with. Um, so it's going to be really, really, really interesting. Um, but we'll see exactly what happens. Obviously, I, I'm a believer that the lottery happens how it happens. You can't really control a whole lot. Um, so you just kind of let it let it be how it, how it's going to be. And of course, we'll see how all things play out. We are over an hour here on the show. Um, I want to thank everyone who's joined us today with a speaker request or in the chat room. We had a really lively chat discussion. Um, uh, glad we were able to kind of talk about some of these issues, get some draft stuff out of the way, get some hype for these young guys out of the way, but also discuss the context in which we are um, seeing these players play. Uh, I am about ready to shut things down. So if you have any last second speaker requests or comments, please get them in now. I will, I, I will sneak them in. This is your last call for any of that. Um, so let me give my close before we do that. Um, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, um, be sure to follow us at O. Magic Daily. And check us out at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Trent Murtha sneaks in at the buzzer like Cole Anthony. Ask, what is your big board for the top five in the draft? Um, I still have to watch a couple of these players. I've seen a number of them a good good chunk of time. Um, obviously, I have Cade Cunningham, number one. Um, I think Cade is – Cade's really good. Cade's really good. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's much debate that Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick. Uh, I have Jalen Green ahead of Evan Mobley right now. Um, a lot of that's just because I haven't watched a lot of Mobley. I spent a lot of the season thinking that we would have – 
um, Nikola Vucevic. So I kind of skipped out on some of Mobley's games until the tournament. Um, I thought he played well in the tournament. Um, so I got to watch a little bit more Evan Mobley, but I, I have Jalen Green number two right now. Um, I think that Green, what he did in the bubble was really impressive. I know the G League doesn't play a lot of defense, um, but how he got better and how he stepped up his game to make sure that the Ignite got into the playoffs, I, I think that has some meaning. Um, I think that that's that's a good sign of things. He's really good on the ball, really good attacker, really good scorer. And I think that's exact. I mean, positionally, that's just the perfect fit for this team. I, I do have Mobley number three right now, um, but again, I have to watch a little bit more of him. I do like Jalen Suggs a lot. Um, I, I think that he's kind of the perfect off guard point guard, if that makes sense. Um, you know that that this league has really been trending toward. Uh, and then I have uh, uh, Jonathan Kuminga as as the bottom five, bottom of that top five. Um, I do have him number five as as well. So um, I, I do think that that is um, that's that's kind of where I stand. But again, I think you can reorder two through five any way you want, and you'll be completely justified in doing so. These are. These are very, very, very good players that we're talking about here at the top of the draft. Um, thanks again for the questions. Thanks again for coming into the chat room and, and providing your quest, providing your your uh, providing your questions and thoughts. Um, we will do this again next week. Do not worry. James Bond will return, and the world is not enough. Um, my plan will be to do it again next week. Maybe we'll do a watch along. Maybe we'll maybe we'll watch the first half of the Magic Hawks game together um, next week. Uh, since since uh, since that'll be probably my last game that I'll be covering uh, actually. Um, you know, live at least um, when I'm not at work. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll announce what my plans are for next week uh, in a lock in, in this locker room. But be sure to to follow me again on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD, OMD and follow me as well on locker room so you get all the notifications uh, when I'm around and, and and hosting a room as well. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for joining the locker room and listening to Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you all again next time here on Locker Room and for another episode of Locked On Magic. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.